Life's complicated and overwhelming enough, especially for those in mission-driven work. Let's make your journey to health as simple and sustainable as possible. I'm Lisa Baker, and I want to welcome you to the Simply Health Coaching Podcast, where it's the food, and it's more than the food. On this podcast, we'll talk about the food you put in your mouth and everything else that nourishes you or doesn't, with special attention paid to the problems and opportunities facing women burning out in mission-driven work. Starting with season two, we're going to spend time talking with three types of guests, women experiencing burnout in mission-driven work, conventional and alternative practitioners who serve them, and with others whose lives intersect with them and their organizations, in particular with individuals looking to implement innovative ways to fund the holistic health of these women. My vision is a world in which you can be well while doing good, and my mission is to give you the simple resources and practices and some helpful connections to get there. Let's get started. Today's episode is sponsored by Deeper Decisions, LLC, which is the business home of my dear friend, Tress Hutzel. Tress is a decision coach, and I have benefited from her deep wisdom and all embracing love and compassion on more than one occasion as I navigated some really big life and business decisions. And I'll let Tress tell you a little bit more. As the helpers of the world, we are self-taught to evaluate and then do our best to provide what others need. We feel selfish trying to take time to care for ourselves. As we approach the edge of burnout, we realize we need to make some changes or risk having to walk away from work we love. It doesn't have to be this way. With compassionate guidance through a tested and proven course of exercises, you can put yourself back into the equation of your life. What do you want to get from your life? You have spent countless hours improving the lives around you. Isn't it time to get some of that goodness poured back into yourself? Download your free core values exercise today from Deeper Decisions at deeperdecisions.com backslash values and get instant access to the right questions in the right order that can get you back into your soul's groove. Welcome. I'm here today with Dr. Nisha Chellum, who is a traditionally trained MD and calls herself a recovering physician because she's chosen to move away from medications being the only option for sick patients. Instead, using the principles of functional medicine, she's able to transform people's lives and mindsets so they may live a life of joy and love. So welcome, Nisha. Thank you so much for having me on. Thanks for joining us. Well, I warned you, as a health coach, I often talk about food and lifestyle choices as being our kale or our kryptonite. They either nourish us or they toxify us. So tell us, what's your kale? What's the one thing you do daily that has the um, most impact on your living a healthy life? My morning latte. Mm. And it's not, it's not <laughs> something that everybody thinks. Like, it's not a Starbucks latte. It's not any of those fancy things. I make, um, I mean, I use K-cups, which I don't recommend people should do. I think they should you know, <laughs> filter their coffee the traditional way, but I love K-cups and I do the organic coffee. I put two walnuts, two Brazil nuts, and one macadamia and a date and cinnamon and blend it. That's my latte. I don't think I can 
ever live without it. That sounds amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to write that recipe down. Wow, you're getting all those like that Brazil nut. I've heard such wonderful things about why we should all be eating at least one Brazil nut a day. So yeah. Great. All right. Well, how about your kryptonite? What's the one thing that sometimes sneaks into your day that mm, is not quite so nourishing? Yeah, it's always a thought. It's a thought, right? Your your perception, your thoughts are your reality. So at some point, and this is something that I would recommend everybody get, it's called the remarkable, I don't know, again, I know because of my, oh, oh there it go. is. It's called remarkable. It's actually um, a small, very thin pad which works like a notebook. And I don't know if you can see it, you can see all the files that I have. I just recently got it about two months ago and I've created all this file and I have a file that's called the daily mind dump. Mm. So every morning I wake up, you know, we all, I think for every positive thought, they say there's about five to eight negative thoughts. That's what I've or, heard too, yeah. Yeah, so all those negative thoughts come up, right? Like. What am I doing today? What is the purpose of my life? You know, I'm, I'm not as good as I think I am. Those are the thoughts that come. So what I've learned over the over a period of time, having undergone a lot of coaching myself, is to dump all those negativity into a paper, which is now my remarkable, and then really try to co kind of counsel myself all those thoughts are not true. And then I write down all the things I accomplished in the last 24 hours. Mm -hmm. So it's a it's a daily battle, I think, for most of us. Some of us just let it um, run in the background, I think, which is what holds us back. Yeah. So I feel like this is something that everybody gets. It's just some of us are willing to speak about, about it and others just don't believe that we have it, but it is, it is running in your background. Yeah. Oh, I love that. And I love that you you gave us the sort of the positive side of it too. Like here's something you can yeah. do about it if this is your thing. Um, I've actually heard it referred to as sort of like your operating system. When you think mm -hmm. about your computer, all this stuff is going in the back, going on in the background that you don't even think about. So this is yeah. what those negative thoughts are doing. They're kind of like constantly in the background and you're really just not aware of how much they're holding you back. Yes. Love that. Great, thank you for sharing that. Um, so tell us a little bit more about how you came to do what you do, which is practice functional medicine and yeah. what that is exactly, because it's getting yeah. a little more common, a little more well-known, but a lot of people still don't know about it. Yeah, I know. And I, I, and I'm no, I'm no better because I just named my company holistic and integrative center of Novi and we're neither holistic nor integrative. And we may not be in Novi <laughs> very long. Oh. We probably are going to move to Ann Arbor. So one of the things that, um, you know, practicing medicine in India, when you're born, a couple of options are given to you as a child. You either become to be successful, you become an engineer or a doctor. These were the only two tracks. I remember even as a three-year-old, I probably heard it. And they're really somewhere deep down. I used to be maybe that's what my parents wanted me to become. So they got me these doctor sets, those plastic stethoscopes, dolls. And I always thought I was going to be a doctor, but I had no idea what that meant. But as time evolved, I realized that being a doctor means you can help people and you will become famous. People will love you because you're going to solve all, with it, all of their problems. And the very first day of medical school, I actually walked out because what was not on the agenda were dead bodies. <laughs> and that was the first thing that I walked into was a room 
filled with cadavers to dissect and I'm and the stench of formalin I literally ran out of that room and I'm like what did I get myself into I wanted to go back and do physics or something else and I was talked into continuing and then again I quit medicine once I finished it so I did MBBS I couldn't tell you why I just didn't enjoy it I didn't enjoy medicine at all and then I had an opportunity to come to the United States and for the first time I loved medicine. I was an intern at Wayne State. There was so much we could do for our patients. You know, they were sick and it was the time when AIDS was a thing, mm. right? People were dying of AIDS. There was no real good, the treatments for AIDS were just coming out. So I enjoyed being an intern and resident because it was always like high energy, taking care of sick people, getting them better. Some of them died, some of them went out, you were successful. And probably about 20%, 80% didn't do well. But what I realized is after some time, I, I thought I was going to be a hospitalist for the rest of my life, which means taking care of patients who are sick in the hospital, because I just loved it. It was interacting with other specialty. So many organs will dysfunction. But you see how I'm thinking in terms of disease. The person, the patient disappeared. It was all about mm -hmm. the disease, all of the um, intricacies of how you treat, when you treat one organ, another organ fails, or when you treat the congestive heart failure, your kidney fails. It, it was just so intense. And I loved that intensity till I became a mother. <laughs> and so, and so that you can see there was nothing about medicine in my life. I was just doing it because I was a part of it. And so I went to the VA, I became um, a VA doc, which is, I think the best um, job, if ever a physician wants a job, it's a 95 job, weekends off, 11 public holidays, 21 days paid vacation, a pension plan, TSP, ask. I mean, it, it was a retirement job. I was set for life. Except five years into my practice, I realized I followed the standard guidelines for many of the chronic diseases. None of my patients ever got better. Their numbers got better. Their blood pressure got better. Their cholesterol got better. Their, all of what we were looking for as physicians got better, but they were miserable. They were getting worse each time. So I would see the first five years, they were walking into my office by five years. They were in a wheelchair or a cane or a walker, and it didn't make any sense why they didn't get better. So I thought it was like I needed to teach them lifestyle. I started learning about lifestyle myself. And people were getting confused because every year there was a new recommendation, low-fat diet, yeah. complex carbohydrate diet. And then the DASH diet came along. Then the Mediterranean diet came along. And it nothing works the same for everyone. And no one interprets these studies the same way. So I was getting very frustrated when one patient, I remember this very distinctly, he had severe osteoporosis. We wanted to put him on medication. He said, I'm not taking that medicine. But two years later, he came back and his bone density had improved. I was completely blown away. And I asked him what he did. He showed me a list of supplements. He showed me the exercises he does, the yoga he does. Everything transformed. His skin looked better. And I'm like, there is another world out there that I don't know about. And that's when my quest to figure out something else happened. And it took me, I think, almost seven years when I found functional medicine. And 
for people to understand what functional medicine is. It's not about giving you supplements. It's not about um, doing, you know, acupuncture or massage. I think those are all great modalities. They're called, uh, they're integrative therapies. You integrate them into the treatment of a patient. The, but the core of functional medicine is the physician to ask only two questions. Number one is why is this person not healing? What do they need? Or what do they need to remove? And those two are very powerful questions because what do they need? I can do with testing, but what do they need to remove is a connection that I have to make with the patient. You will not believe the number of people who come to me telling me everything is beautiful in their life till I start working with them on their nutrition, their gut health. And suddenly you can see where the problems, the problems that they've never spoken of surface yeah. because now the cells are healthy. They're, they have the trust factor and you begin to see where the problem is. And I realized this is the only way to practice medicine that will uh, support healing. I'm not saying it's going to make 100% healing because some of us resist healing. Honestly speaking, we don't realize that, but we do. But in general, as a physician, my my joy came back in my life when I discovered functional medicine. And I would I find it so difficult to go back to the traditional way of practicing. That's why I call myself a recovering physician because yeah. I've recovered from identifying a disease and connecting it to a drug and hoping that's going to um, get, you know, make things better. Yeah. But now it's really understanding the person having the disease, making a connection with them and having them go through the healing journey. And all I do is provide the guidance with the data that I collected. Yeah. Does that make sense? Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. And it really is thinking about it as health care rather than disease care. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Oh, that's beautiful. So Tell me a little bit about um, when you think about your work, specifically with women who are burning out, mm -hmm. what are the sort of commonalities that you find uh, these women have? Yeah. Number one, always you're living for others. <laughs> Thank you. Number one. Yep. Okay. We're done. <laughs> yeah. I find that that is a common because I remember my uh, initial years it was totally living for others, right? Living for your family, living for your in-laws, living for your parents, trying not to let anybody else down. You're not even thinking for a moment, what do you want? Yes. Not yes. once yeah. do you ever think about what you want. And I think that's the commonality. And then, uh, and I think it's a little more pronounced now that we have the social media, mm -hmm. but living for, living to, what did they say? Keeping up with the Joneses? Yes, keeping up with yeah. the Joneses, right? Yeah, yeah. So it, I think a lot of it is that. Um, yeah. I remember <laughs> having a group of uh, friends. If one buys a Lexus, everybody buys a Lexus. Every, one moves into a neighborhood, everybody moves yes. into a neighborhood. Yeah. They buy the three-bedroom home or a five-bedroom home. And I'm like, you know, I was in that cycle mm -hmm. in my initial years, in my 20s and 30s. And I just feel like I lost a whole decade and a half doing that. And, and to, for, and I realized that was driving my burnout. I was, mm. I remember there was one year when I switched over from the VA, where I quit the VA to do my practice. I worked 365 days of the year. I covered Thanksgiving, Christmas, and New Year. Mm. And I used, I was covering at one time 17 physicians. 
not even exaggerating. I started rounds at 6 a.m. and finished the next morning, 3 a.m. in the hospital. And it was a, just a four story, yeah, four story, five story. Yeah. I virtually was exhausted, yeah. like seeing 55, 70 patients a day going to the ER. It was miserable, but that's how I worked in order to sustain my lifestyle. And I realized this was just not worth it. I was missing out on life. Um, number one. Number two, no one respects a physician today for a lot of reasons. Um, insurance doesn't respect you. They act as a middleman and they determine what they will pay and what they will not pay. Your patients don't respect you because they come to you after having five years of problems. They want you to fix it in five minutes. Yes. But yeah. but have nothing to do with their own health. I mean, this is not complaining, but I, as most of us, we've trained our patients this way. When a patient comes, take this medicine, you'll be fine. Yeah. You know that they're not going to be fine, but you just make them feel it's like a salesman, right? Here's what you could do. You're going to be just fine. But I was listening this morning to CNN. They were talking to a long hauler, somebody who had COVID, mm. um, never yeah. got diagnosed. And she said, I've seen 40 different doctors. I'm so frustrated. At which point do you think going to those doctors is not going to help you? Yeah. Right? <laughs> what These does they say about insanity, right? Doing the same thing over and over and expecting yeah. different results. Yeah. yeah. And that's and what this, people do. They, yeah. they get frustrated with their doctors because they're going to a doctor. I know what I was trained to do. I was trained to manage disease. Yeah. I'm very good at understanding a disease. Yeah. I'm not trained at rebuilding health. That was not my basic training. I had to undergo that training later on. Yeah. So people keep going to the wrong doctors over and over again, get frustrated. And then they have this disrespect for doctors. And then when, you, when you're working this hard, your family is like, you know, doesn't rely, cannot depend on you. You work actually, you, you put so much effort into a work that doesn't give back anything to you. Mm. And I almost felt like, for me, that was um, um, that that should be a turning point. It, I ask people, if today you died, would you? How much would your work miss you, mm. and how long will it take for them to replace you? Yeah. And we see that all the time. So I feel like at some point, um, ask yourself, what do you really want in life? I actually wanted so much to be with my kids. I wanted to have like, uh, I think our most amazing moments are when we don't go anywhere, but we're sitting in a in our family room and fighting with each other. It's like just amazing. <laughs> 2020 has given you plenty of opportunities for that. Right? Yeah, exactly. I just love that. But now my kids are grown and both of, uh, you know, one of them is getting, uh, is already at work and the other one is going for a job. And I keep thinking, you know, th those were the best moments. Those yeah. were the best moments. And I felt like I wanted more of it, which is how um, I look at whenever people come to me and I see them burnt out, I always ask them, why do you do this? Number one. And number two, what are you pretending not to know? That was something that was taught to me in a leadership um, um, training is it's one of the taglines. What are you pretending not to know? And a lot of us, we pretend not to know a lot of things. We see it, we know it, but we don't acknowledge it. The cognitive dissonance is present where what you see is not what you believe. And I think that's one of the reasons we just, we should stop living for others and we should really need to ask, what are you pretending not to know? 
Mm, that is a great question. Oh, yeah, that has a lot of potential. Yes. <laughs> so what about being a, a functional medicine practitioner and a woman uh, really excites you, disturbs you, challenges you about working with women in burnout? Yeah, yeah. First of all, um, I mean, being a functional medical doctor is the only way I would practice medicine today because it really helps me get to the root cause. I seem to be wor um, working, um, it, working with women takes a long time. They, because they will not accept that they have a problem that is deep seated to resolve. I'll give you an example. I'll get calls like, um, you know, I am so miserable, Dr. Shalom. I've been taking these medicines. I've been getting allergy shots. I've been going to this doctor. I've been, I have gut issues. I can't sleep. My life is miserable. And I'm like, oh, wow. Like, well, let's get to the root cause of it. And the minute they have to pay for their care, it's like suddenly they become silent. Mm. Right? They, it's almost like, oh, uh, I'll call you back. I'll ask my husband. It's like you just went on a you know a tirade of how miserable you are for the last 15 minutes yeah and suddenly when i'm going to give you a solution you suddenly don't think you're worth it mm. that's how i interpret it it's not like they can't afford it because i always ask them if you had a leak in the basement and it's going to cost you twenty-five thousand to repair your insurance will cover 20 and you have to pull out five thousand would you have it they'll say absolutely because there's more work in their house, their cars. I mean, I coming from a South Asian, um, you know, cultural background, many many of the South Asians they have jewelry earrings worth six thousand, seven thousand, which they never wear and keep it in a locker. <laughs> but when it comes to their own health, paying like fifty dollars hurts them. And I've never understood. I think that's the bigger challenge working with women. Mm. On the other hand, men, when they call me, they're ready to work with me. I don't know interesting. why. It's very interesting, the difference. Yeah. So I always tell people, when you're searching for a doctor, you really want to look at, is this, am I energetically connected with this person? Is this person yeah. going to understand me and help me? Number one. Number two, how badly is my health important to me at this stage in life? Now, I would say this, when you're a young mother, you're struggling to raise your kids, you always think your health is not important, but you are the person they're gonna have to be taken care of when they're older and they're not ready to, yeah. because you didn't take care of your health when you're young. Yes. So I always tell younger mothers, invest in you first. So you are actually, that's a selfless act hmm. doing that for your kids, for their yeah. future. So I think those are the few things that I guess now I, I did the thing that I hate to do. I forgot what your question was. <laughs> you answered it beautifully. What, what is it about working with women in burnout that challenges you and excites you and disturbs you all at the same time? And that's, that's yeah. beautiful. I, I love yeah. how you picked up on that. And it also, reminds me so much of something that I tell people when I'm working with them about around food, which is as an American, we want to have the best house, the best insurance policy, the nicest car, the best phone, the best data package. We pay through the nose for these things. Yeah. Why do we suddenly think that food needs to be cheap? I know something that you're putting every day, three times a day, sometimes five yeah. times a day, into which your is body. actually becoming you, which like, is becoming you, which yeah. feeds your skin, which feeds your eyes. Yeah. I mean, 
Exactly. I know. There's just such a weird disconnect in, in Western culture around that. And I think it's the marketing more specifically about American culture. Yes. The marketing. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah no, you answered that question beautifully. Um, so what do you think um, could help reduce this burnout that women are feeling? Like the very first answer you had for me, like, what's the commonality? What you- They're living for others. That was so easy to answer. What is the solution? What is one thing that can really happen so that we stop living for others? And you can speak about this in terms of, you know, policy or organization or family or the individual, however you want to take that question. You know, public policy has to change and that's not going to change. It's not about to change because it is lining people's pockets. Mm. What I feel is the most important for every human being is to be addicted to accurate information. And we see that in this world where we are addicted to sensationalism. We're addicted to stories like of um, what do you call um, despair and yes. um, you know something terrible happened. Everybody's on it. It's posted yes. all over Facebook. But the accuracy of information is something that we lack, number one. Number two, we get so caught up with marketing, right? Everybody, like Christmas, I'm so glad this Christmas, maybe because I'm not online as much, though I post a lot online. I haven't seen so many of the, you know, this is the best gift to get, but this Mm -hmm. is what I want for my kids and, you know, stuff like that. It just used to drive me nuts. I've, I've done that before. It's not like I haven't, you know, asking the kids, wanting to get them the lighted shoes when they were kids and then getting them those uh, skateboards with lights. Mm -hmm. So these are all marketing, right? And they barely use it for two days after you give it to them. It it just doesn't, it it has no value. So I think the key thing is being well-educated, not getting to be a sucker for information just because it, um, that's what everybody's saying. Like that's saying, I think I posted it on my Facebook page. Uh, be careful when you're following the masses because sometimes the M is silent. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's good. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah. I think a lot of times that's what we need to stop doing. Yeah. I, I, it is a very lonely place to be. Let me say this. You know, in the past, I would like hang out with friends and, you know, spend a lot of time. But if I, am, I cannot be myself, I don't need that friendship. Do you know what I mean? And I think you need to be in relationships where you can be who you are. Of course, now I'm in my fifth decade of life. And so I care to hoots what people think about me. (laughs) I've gotten to that point. It's one one of the perks of being in our 50s, isn't it? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And that's what I teach other people. I teach my 30 year olds. Don't freaking care. Yes. Is that what you want to do? Go do it. Yeah. Period. Right. Mm, and I think that's very important. Number one, let's listen to your inner voice. Number two is what are you pretending not to know? Write that down. Mm, love that question. Yes. yes. Oh, my and clients then, are going to hate you so much because I'm going to start asking them that question. <laughs> and we all know it. I mean, yeah. when somebody asks me, what are you pretending not to know? I'm like, mm, don't oh, ask me. I don't yeah. want to go there. Yes, exactly. Right? <laughs> yeah, so I think, I think, if you answer those two questions, really listening to your inner voice, taking that moment every day, and then being educated. Don't fall hook, line, and sinker for everything that's posted, everything that you read. Especially not on social media. Not on social media. And don't hang around with people who make you fail, uh, 
feel bad Mm -hmm. to be who you are. Mm, That's beautiful. Okay. Excellent. All right. So now is your chance to tell us where to find you, how to work with you, what your offerings are. Tell us how to find Dr. Nisha Chalam. Yes. So my um, practice is called Holistic and Integrative Center of Novi. This was named by my daughter when she was, I don't know, 12, 13. It's called Holistic Icon. That's how it's uh, the short form. So we, uh, you can find us right now online because no one can come to a physical space. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's holisticicon.com. And really one of, you know, people have always asked me, what is the one thing that would help women? And it is if I can get rid of insulin resistance. Mm. And insulin resistance really uh, is connected to inflammation, connected to disruption of your other hormones, connected to insomnia, connected to, um, you know, cardiovascular disease. So I find if I can work on insulin resistance and resolve it for you, you know, that extra weight that you can never get rid of, that I can do. And that's what my whole practice revolves around is addressing metabolic syndrome from a mind, body, spirit, and, you know, those phenomenal blood tests that are available today for us. I do a lot of those and put it together. Yeah. And metabolic syndrome is huge. It's like the connection to burnout is just so, so tight. Yeah. Yeah. Cortisol, your adrenals, everything is involved. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. Great. All right. Well, thank you very much for joining me today. And I look forward to being in touch with you. Thank you so much for this opportunity. Appreciate it. Thanks for listening. Please note that any suggestions provided on this show are not meant to replace medical advice. And the opinions of the guests on this show are their own. And Simply Health Coaching and Elizabeth A. Baker, LLC, neither endorse nor take responsibility for statements made by guests. Let me know your thoughts about the episode and share your biggest takeaways and aha moments. And let me know who else you want to hear from on the topic of being well while doing good. You can send me a voice message directly through Anchor, as well as through some of the other listening platforms. Please be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast in your listening app so you never miss an episode. Love the podcast? You can support it with a donation directly from the podcast homepage in most listening apps. If you'd like to know more about my work, visit my website at simplyhealthcoaching.com. As always, the link is in the show notes.